Hello and welcome back to It's Only Embarrassing If You're Embarrassed podcast. This podcast is a place where we normalize all things anxiety, depression, mental health. We talk about navigating life in your 20s and 30s. We talk about uh, grief and divorce and share all the ups and downs along the way. So this episode is going to be an episode of Mental Health Monday, and if you're new here, Mental Health Monday is a segment that I do every Monday where we talk about something in the world of mental health. And so on this episode, I'm going to be talking to you guys about my journey with alcohol and recap really what that's like. And I titled this episode, My Journey with Alcohol, From Binge Drinking to AA, because I've definitely been a everything from a binge drinker to a social drinker to a thought it was cool drinker and everything in between. So we're going to unpack that on this episode. So whenever I first started drinking was probably towards the end of high school, very much as probably a social thing, thought it was cool, that sort of thing. And then whenever I went to college, I started drinking quite a bit more heavily and quite a bit more frequently. And uh, when I remember whenever I was younger, we were so reckless with alcohol. Like we would literally take like eight shots of pink lemonade, Burnett's vodka, and then go to a football game on like a hundred degree day in August, just very reckless energy. And uh, during this time, I worked in restaurants and bars. And so my lifestyle was pretty much for the time I was in college, go to class during the day, work in restaurants or bars at night, and then go out after or if you have a night off, then you go to bars. And I remember I was talking to somebody who we hired recently. And uh, this person was hired for our Greenville, North Carolina location, which is where I went to school, East Carolina. And uh, I remember this person was like rattling off a couple places that he likes to go. And I was like, oh yeah, do they still have sup dogs? And he was like, yeah, we were talking about like all these different places. And I was rattling off all these places that I like to go. And then I realized that back in that stage of life, I literally had a place that I could tell you that you could get cheap drinks at any night of the week. Like you want to go out on a Wednesday night, like I'm your girl. I can tell you where you can get like dollar beers or whatever the case may be. Actually on Wednesdays, it was a dollar vodka sodas at this bar called the halfway house in Greenville. So that's what I was up to um, about 10 years ago, just being, being very reckless with alcohol. And I remember, um, probably my, it had to have been my freshman year of college because it was the only year I lived in a dorm. Me and my roommate at the time, we got caught with alcohol in our dorm. I want to say it was on Halloween and Halloween's like a big thing at ECU. So we got basically in trouble with the dorm. And so we had to write this letter about how alcohol could ruin our lives. And I remember at the time I was like, huh, these people are so ridiculous, making me write an essay about how alcohol will ruin my life. I will drink even more to spite them. And I did for like 10 more years, you know? And uh, it's so funny because uh, at the time I really didn't understand. I was actually just kind of thinking about this the other day about how much my alcohol journey has evolved that at the time I was like, no, like alcohol, like doesn't have power over anybody's life. It's just like, you know, it doesn't have power over my life. It's just, you know, something that, you know, we do for fun. And, uh, 
whenever I transitioned out of college into early adulthood, I worked in HR. I had a day job doing HR, but I was also working in bars part-time. So I had a day job during the week, and then I would work in bars like Thursday, Friday, Saturday, or Friday, Saturday. And pretty much all the other nights that I was not working at the bar, I was at a bar and it was not a good lifestyle. And so I remember in this phase, I was like, dang, like whenever I was in college, I could like justify it because it was like, it's college. Everybody has a party phase, but now like I'm an adult. And eventually the lifestyle started to like catch up with me. I was exhausted all the time because I was literally always working or drinking and it was just not a good combination. So then I cut back on drinking quite a bit. Um, this is probably like early adulthood. And then I really became like a social drinker just for like a very small amount of time. And then I pretty quickly went back to being, so binge drinking is considered like three or more drinks in one sitting. And let me tell you, three drinks, we were just getting started. Like that was just the beginning. So, and another thing about me in my journey of alcoholism is I'm the kind of person that we're not having one drink. Like I don't, I can't relate to people that can have one drink. I refer to you guys as normies, actually, the kind of people that can go out and have one drink and then just be like, that was fun. Let's go home. Like me, I have a drink and I'm going to order three more before we leave. And then after that, I'm like, okay, well, where are we going? Because clearly this is the night we're going out. What's next? Like, and (laughs) it was just such a you know, interesting lifestyle to, to look back upon now. Okay. So back to early adulthood. So one thing about me is I was always drinking too much and I was always throwing up somewhere. I remember on my 21st birthday, I threw up in like three different bars. Like that's not a good look. Like, I don't know if you, if you've ever been so drunk, you've been throwing up in a bar, like, you know what I'm talking about, but it's not a good look. Like no one's like, Oh, look at this girl having the night of her life. They're like, Oh, that's embarrassing. And that was me literally. Okay. I remember one time I went on a work trip, my very first corporate HR job, we bought a business in New York. And so I went to New York for the acquisition. So we had this super long day when we first got there and I was like, well, obviously I'm going to drink after this. So there was a hotel or a bar beside the hotel and I convinced somebody to go with me that was also there on the work trip. So we go and I'm like, I'm just gonna have a glass of wine. This is before I knew I was an alcoholic though. So like one glass of wine turned into a lot of glasses of wine, which turned into me throwing up in my bathroom or in my shower, literally like as I'm taking a shower at like 7am the next day, because I'm hungover AF and I got to go tell people that this is a great place to work. And I'm riding the hot mess express, driving the hot mess express this day. Like the just the whole the whole early adulthood of drinking just none of it was a good luck and whenever my dad passed away my drinking got pretty out of hand and whenever my dad passed away it was the first pain that I'd ever been through that I specifically remember being like there is no like I can't drink away this pain like no matter how much I drink it's still there and so then obviously you know I tried harder drink more that didn't work And uh, during this time, I became a daily drinker probably for about two years. So to kind of give like quick series of events, my father passed away. The business I was working for got sold. I went through a messy divorce. My ex-husband tried to ruin my life all in like a six month time span. 
So I became very heavily dependent on alcohol. Like I can look back now and identify like I was very heavily dependent upon alcohol. Literally, first thing I would do whenever I got home was drink. First thing I would do, have a glass of wine. If I was going somewhere after work, if I was going to a work dinner, like I was the first one ordering a drink. I remember, and it's so funny, like looking back, I'm like, Madison, there were a lot of signs you were an alcoholic. Why did you not see them? But (laughs) that's how it goes. So I remember, um... I still travel for work quite a bit, but whenever I first started this job and first started traveling kind of in this area that I was traveling in, I did probably like 95% of the travel by myself. So I would literally go to eat somewhere where like there was a bar. So like, it wasn't like I was drinking by myself. I was like, you know, drinking at the bar. It was like, you know, I told myself it was acceptable. And then I would go and I would literally buy like, you guys know those canned wines that you can buy at the, um, hotel that you never should buy. I was buying all of them and then like drinking them in my room by myself. And for whatever reason, none of these things at the time did I see as like, hmm, Madison, maybe you're an alcoholic. I was just like, we just like wine and that's just what we do now. And that's cool. So I was on this. So this has been, you know, probably like a, you know, 10, 12 year evolution I'm giving you guys of me just having, you know, really outrageous drinking habits. Every holiday I was getting drunk. Um, every like, uh, like I was the kind of person that like, no matter where we were going or what we were doing, I was bringing alcohol. Like we're having brunch with your grandma. I'm bringing two bottles of champagne. Like uh, just, it, it wasn't a good look, you know? So I started to have a few things that popped up to me where I started to acknowledge like, hmm, maybe we have a little bit of a drinking problem because none of the clues that I just ran you guys through of all the ways that my life had become unmanageable due to alcohol, none of those clued me in. None of those that I think like, hmm, girlfriend, this isn't going good. Maybe we should stop. So continue that lifestyle. And then I remember I went to this uh, thing at work where we had a speaker come in and this speaker was talking about how anytime you drink it's either to celebrate or to medicate and the first thing I thought in my mind was that's bullshit and the second thing I thought was well I haven't had a lot to celebrate lately so if this guy's right things are not looking good And then I kind of like buried that in the back of my mind like we do when we hear things that call us out for things that we're not ready to deal with at the time. So probably six months later, I'm listening to Lala Kent's podcast. And if you guys know her, she is also in recovery. She has, I think she's been sober for like four or five years. Like she has been doing the damn thing for a long time. So she was talking about how whether or not like her like her deciding factor for whether or not like she needed to stop drinking was intention behind it and her intention wasn't to go out and have a good time it was to numb or to escape or to deal with stress or anxiety or all these different things which is why I'm talking about this episode on on mental health Monday is because a lot of times addiction is just untreated mental illness that you don't have the right abilities to take care of or to be able to manage. So you turn to things like alcohol or drugs because they will give you the serotonin or the dopamine that your brain's looking for. So, um, so back to this podcast I was listening to. So Lala is talking about how, you know, it's all about the intention behind why you drink and, you know, all the reasons that, you know, it's bad and all the intentions she listed that were like negative towards alcohol. I had had those intentions towards drinking all of them in the past, like probably a week realistically. And so I was like, dang, I think I have a little bit of a drinking problem. Maybe we should stop. 
But you want to know what I did? I had this, like, maybe we should stop drinking revolution. And then, revelation, you guys know what I'm talking about. And not a couple days later, but my boyfriend had a conference for work at the time. And so one thing about conferences for work, all the ones I've been to, it means you have an open bar the whole time. And it's like a lot of networking and like schmoozing of meeting different people. And like whoever's putting on the conference is like, there's drinks all the time, right? So me, being an alcoholic at the time, said, hmm, I need to stop drinking, but I will not do it until after I get back from this conference with my boyfriend because I'm trying to get drunk. So I did, you know, we went to Austin, Texas for this conference and I drank, you know, most of the time I was gone as I did on vacation. So then I come back and I'm like, all right, today's the day. No more alcohol. This was September 21st of last year. So we're going on like almost 11 months that I've been alcohol free. And so I come back from this trip. I decided I'm going to be alcohol free. And first of all, I had the worst withdrawals. Let me tell you guys, because I don't know if you guys know this about alcohol. Evidently, I didn't. But if you've been drinking every day for like, you know, two plus years, and then one day you just stop, your body freaks out. So my body did this by I felt so depressed. I had to get back on antidepressants. And I eventually found out that essentially what I was doing by drinking every day was I was giving my brain like really large amounts of serotonin and dopamine. And then one day I just like took it all away. My brain was like, ah, so you can't, you know, necessarily, um, sometimes do all these things on your own. So I did get on antidepressants that helped a lot. And then at one point I tried alcohol craving pills. I tried them actually right before the holidays because I quit drinking in September and I used to be a super big binge drinker around the holidays. So I tried these alcohol craving pills around the holidays and they made me super sick. So they personally did not work for me. So I tried, you know, kind of all these things. And meanwhile, I had been talking to my therapist about how I quit drinking. And uh, it's so funny. I realized in AA pretty recently that I was like lying to my therapist about whether or not I had a drinking problem for a super long time to the point that whenever I told her that uh, I quit drinking and I was having like all these effects, she was like, oh my gosh, do you think you were addicted? And I was like, oh, kind of. Yes. <laughs> And so she started encouraging me to go to AA and I was like, don't think so. doesn't sound like a good time. Also like for me at the time, there was definitely like a level of stigma I was associating with it of basically like, Oh, if I like quit drinking and I need to go to AA, then like there's something wrong with me or it's not good. Like I had this like level of like stigma that like I had put on something that I didn't even know about, which was so ridiculous. So one day I get super triggered to drink at the gym and that's how you guys know that, you know, it was, it was not good. So I'm at the gym and they're like going to do a, some sort of like champagne toast for something. I can't leave because all I can think about is drinking the whole bottle of champagne and how good it would feel. So I leave and then the next day I'm supposed to have a work dinner. And so I back out because there's going to be a lot of alcohol at the work dinner. So on this night, I end up going to AA and to picture this, like me angry driving to AA, like I don't want to fucking be here. I don't want to go. I don't want to be the kind of person that needs AA. So then I get to the parking lot and I'm like, Madison, we don't have to go in. We could leave. We could go home. But I went in. So I went in and I sat in the back row and I'm sitting there like I could leave before they get started. Nobody would know I was here. 
And about that time, they started the meeting. And so I went to this meeting, and I had no idea what a collection of, first of all, amazing human beings through RNAA. I had no idea about the 12 steps, how basically it's literally a program for like people who are now creating a new life, and how they can be able to do that effectively, and how they can have support and community along the way. And so... One thing that was also super cool to me through this process is that I, at the time, was like kind of beginning a faith and like spirituality journey. And AA is very closely tied to like your higher power and a focus on your higher power. So then I ended up being like, damn, this AA thing is actually really great. I met a lot of great people, um, a ton of community. I still go every single week and every AA meeting is a little bit different, but they all are really just people getting together to say, hey, I'm not going to drink. And sometimes I need a little bit of help and support and community to keep that promise to myself. So personally love going every day and, uh, or love going every week to AA. And the one thing I just want to highlight is like right now, I feel like I'm on a super good trajectory just of not drinking, of consistently going to AA. This month will be 11 months. So like it's been a long journey, but honestly it has been so seriously life-changing. Like in the past year, I've had so much free time since I wasn't getting drunk all the time. And also, do you guys know, like alcohol isn't cheap. You know, there was one point I was getting $90 worth of wine delivered like every couple weeks. Like it's just, it's not good for the bank account, you know? So over the past year or almost year since I quit drinking, I have started this podcast. I have been working on writing a book. I have been working on like a ton of different creative projects that I have and creative outlets that I enjoy. I started going to a new gym. I've been like way committed to my gym, to my gym routine. I have really been able to do a lot with honestly, just like the free time that I have now that I don't drink and now that I don't like plan to go out all the time or different things like that. So my journey with alcohol from binge drinking to AA, that was kind of just like a, like, ah, a little like therapy session of just spilling to you guys my abridged journey with alcohol and where I'm at now. And I wanted to share this to normalize just uh, that you can be addicted to alcohol and it's okay if you are. And I also want to shed a little light on some of the areas where I still struggle. So there's still some days I wrote down on my notes, (laughs) there's still some days that I'm jealous of normies. And by that, I mean like there's still some days that I'm like, damn, how come I'm not the kind of person that could just like go out and like have a beer with dinner and then not have six more and not ruin their life? Like, why could I not be that person? And there was a, a piece of me that was kind of like jealous or resentful that I couldn't be that person whenever I first started drinking. And so that's definitely something that, you know, it kind of comes and goes right now. I feel like it's not something that's super prevalent, but just wanted to be really transparent that while I'm sitting here being like, oh yeah, you know, it's been great quitting drinking. There's been a lot of challenges along the way and uh, there has been a lot of internal struggles and battles and just different ways that I've thought about things in the process. So hope you guys enjoyed this episode of Mental Health Monday, where I shared my journey with alcohol. If you guys liked this episode, please give a good rating and review to the podcast. Please follow along. 
It's only embarrassing if your embarrassed podcast does episodes every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. Please share this episode with a friend if you thought somebody could benefit from having a little normalization around alcohol, drinking, and the journey that is. Hope you guys enjoyed this episode and I will be back on Wednesday. Happy healing, babes.